Hi everyone, I'm Riley Blanks, your hostess and the creator of Woke Beauty, a storytelling platform reimagining the everyday act of self-celebration for and by all women. This show brings you unfiltered conversations with a dynamic myriad of female visionaries who have developed personal success despite trauma and hardship by leaning into grit and discernment. We explore the messy interwoven realities of mental health, holistic wellness, intricate family dynamics, racial complexity, and the exceptional discoveries that lead to fulfillment. This is our pledge to the power of resilience and the impact of perspective. Today's guest, Elaine Almeida, is an artist and scholar deeply interested in healing, race, and tenderness. A doctoral student at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, her work asks, what are the public realities of pleasure in marginalized bodies? How is it practiced? How is it stolen? And how does liberation reimagine these realities? She extends this through her artistic practice where her axiom, strength and tenderness, guides her work. Prints and tattoos can be found across the globe. I interviewed Elaine last summer in her cozy studio apartment just before she received her graduate degree from the University of Texas. When we met, Elaine had hired me for a woke beauty session. Our initial consultation revealed that we would be friends, and this past February, I hired her on as associate producer for Woke Beauty. Elaine is truly rare. I've recorded myself a couple dozen times trying to explain who she is in a couple of sentences, and I just can't. (laughs) You'll have to hear it for yourself. I can tell you, though, every time I interact with her, I learn something. I can promise that you will, too. Elaine Almeida. Almeida, yeah. I love that you want to like put something on the L or make it more fun and ethnic. But I know. It's just like Almeida. Yeah, like <laughs> the most amazing thing I ever heard is that a dude once said my last name was Elaine Almeida Mistake, and I was like, that speaks so deeply to me. Can you talk about why it speaks deeply? Um. So, wh- so my last name is always in a weird thing. I also think I didn't know how to spell it for the longest time because someone was like. Oh, look, I remember we were learning how to spell the word media. And they're like, oh, it's like your last name. I was like, oh, yeah, it is. It's not. The I is in a completely different place. But I just believe that. I have no idea what's going on with my last name, but I love it. So, like, my Instagram's Almeida again. And I love my last name because um, I think the whole point of last names, right, is that it's supposed to tie you to something bigger. It ties you to your family, your heritage. A lot of times we look at someone's last name as an indicator of what the fuck are you. But for me, like... I'm not close to, like, my dad, my real dad's family, right? Like, I don't have any of that connection. So, like, even though my last name's theoretically supposed to tie me to something bigger, it kind of lets me just kind of float and do whatever I want because it doesn't actually tie me to anything. My last name is um, Portuguese. It's, like, a Portuguese-Jewish last name in some communities. Um, I'm not really close to any of those things. Like, I claim it, right? Like, I'm like, mm, look at me, but um, I don't How do know. you claim it if you're not close to it? Like, 
I mean, like, you know, when people write down, like, you know, like, oh, what are you? I'm like, oh, I'm Ty and this, blah, 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 blah. But um, I don't know. I kind of like that my name's just kind of like this, like, floating signifier with, like, no, like, actual fixed meaning in that it's kind of mine, right? Like, it's not attached to anybody. Mm. Um, and, yeah, like, you would hope or you look at it and you think it's, like, you know, Latino or Latina or, like, you know, something fun. And you see me in, like, my beautiful ethnically ambiguous skin. You're like, oh, she must be Latina. And then, you know. Is Ty not fun? Ty is I don't, I don't have I don't have a Thai last name I also think that like people people being me I also don't have like a lot of understanding of Thai language I don't think if I saw a Thai last name I would know it's Thai mm-hmm. like my mom's maiden last name is um like Pichapund and I don't think I would have saw that coming my mom's first name is Kanika and everyone thought she was black growing up she goes by Nikki she's my favorite person why did she go by Nikki um yeah my mom <laughs> I mean Kanika Nikki I could see Nika Nikki Nikki not, yeah, I, I don't know. It. I don't know. She just decided it herself. My mom's my hero. She um, was a small little Asian girl in um, Queens, New York in the 1970s doing her thing. And um, yeah, she went by Nikki. Um, she was like the OG gossip girl. Like she would spend all of her time in Manhattan. She, um, I don't know. But yeah, so she was in a weird place where she was going to Catholic school with all these like Italians and Irish kids. And, you know, she just had to become Nikki. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been a weird space of, like, trying to figure out, like, how much we, like, do and don't claim of, like, our background, right? Because, you know, my mom talks all the time. She was, like, her generation works so hard to, like, assimilate, right? And now, like, our generation's trying to be, you know, like, oh, no, we can still, like, hold space for both. But, yeah, you have someone like my mom who, like, even though she, like, speaks all these different languages and she spent her childhood between, like, New York City and Thailand, like, she jokes. I mean, like, I mean, this is the thing everyone says. Like, she's like, you know, you and I are Twinkies, Elaine. And I was like, word, it's true. I mean, you know, me more than her, obviously, because at least she speaks a language. But, um, so yeah, what is- that's what Almeida means. <laughs> <laughs> and we come full circle. Or maybe it's square. I don't know. Um, <laughs> what is the blah, 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 blah? You were like, and I'm tired, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, that blah, 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 blah is just the like, yeah, like my last name is like, Portuguese and like theoretically Jewish um I don't I I don't know but like I'm not close to that part of me right and I also think it's the fact that like um like I present as Asian I mean I present as mixed right but like I think that first thing that comes up is like oh what are you and I'm always like oh I'm Thai so like that always becomes a dominant personality and also because of my like I'm close with my mom like she's my favorite person on earth and I don't know that like other ethnic side of my family so do you think your identity comes mostly from that closeness oh for sure and I even yeah there's a lot of like really nuanced aspects to like my identity with um my mom and her relationship to Thailand because you know we don't go to Thailand I don't speak Thai um and it's because like she's not really close with her family and so I always think about this there's this like bible verse where it's like would you rather like gain the world lose your soul it's like like why would I want to, like, get close to people that, like, my mom's not close to and, like, things that, like, she's worked really hard not – do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I respect my mom a lot, which I guess is still an Asian thing. But, like, you know, I respect her so much that, like, I would rather put her before, like, doing some, like, weird ethnic soul searching. And what am I hoping for through some weird ethnic soul searching to find myself or, like, I'm grounded in my mother? Do you know, so it's, like, a very weird, like, mixture of, like, I guess, like – that's where I feel the most, like, Western, Eastern ties. I feel like the, like, really Western thing to do is, like, oh, well, I need to, like, you know, 
find out everything about like who I am as a Thai person to like really find myself. But I feel like the Eastern thing is like, well, I'm grounded in like my family. Like that's how I know who I am. So I have like a lot of conflict with that. Where did your respect for your mother come from and what does it look like? Um, so my mom was a single mom for a long time. Or not for a long time till I was like, I actually don't know how to do math, like three or four. Who knows? <laughs> Numbers. Long enough. <laughs> yeah. So and then so you know, she was a single mom. She got married to my stepdad, who I consider my dad. Love him. But then he was in the Air Force, so he was deployed a lot. So, like, she was still, even though she was married and all this stuff, pretty much a single mom because my dad was gone all the time. And so we were just close. And then we moved around a lot, right? So, like, my whole life, like, the only person that's always been there for me has been my mom. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I've never felt the need to, like, hide things from her. Like, I never had, like, a rebellious period in my teenage years. I was like, I hate my mom. She doesn't get me. Like, I don't ever shut the fuck up. So, like, having someone to just talk to has always been, like, really important to me. And also, like, I just want her to be proud of me. So that's been a lot of, like, reasons I do the things I do. It's like, oh, like, you know, I work really hard. I do all of this. I just want her. I don't know. So, yeah, the whole idea of, like, trying to find some sense of grounding outside of her in, like, our relationship – just feels like disrespectful i mean i probably bet that there's like you know someone with like a half a psych degree who's listening to this they're like that sounds like intertwinement i don't know how i feel about that blah 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 but i mean that's actually just like a cultural thing like you look at a lot of um like latino families and you see something similar right it's just like family ties are a bit more important than like you know your individual self journey so making sure that like i'm close to my mom and that like our relationship is a priority is a priority for me what is it like to live those cultural aspects like that intertwining in a culture in America that is so individualistic? <laughs> yeah, no, it's really interesting. I mean, like, I'm still like, <sighs> yeah, I don't know. So I think the way we're able to kind of handle that is that, like, we're both kind of like extroverted introverts. So it's not like we were like spending a lot of time with other people. I don't think that's answering your question. Um,. I don't know, actually. Extroverted introverts, I actually do think you're on to something there. <laughs> I think you are saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, that you socialize mm-hmm. or you've been socialized, right? So you've right. assimilated, <laughs> you've adapted, um, however you are safe. And you are protective and on some levels you keep to yourself and you have hopefully healthy boundaries (laughs) with society. Yeah, for sure. Oh, that's totally what you mean. That's totally what I mean. And I even think that like, you know, I didn't assimilate because I was born here. Right. So like my mom and my mom was born here as well. Like my my grandma was pregnant and like made sure my mom was born in America. But was was but, what went on in your household at all different from when you left your household and what you saw? Oh, out for in the sure. World? Yeah, yeah. So, so is yeah. there a little assimilation of that? I, I'm I pushing think so. back. No, I think so. I think that like uh, Yeah, no. I, even the fact that like I'm very big on Oh, sorry. Can you take off your shoes actually? Like Yeah. <laughs> nothing, I should have asked. That says like take off. I didn't <laughs> see it. Oh, okay. Well, the sign for clarity. Anyone that's listening, the sign is to the left of the door on the inside. But, but, but for also clarity, it's above a fucking shoe basket where that's all my shoes fair. are. That's so, fair. But remember, we didn't make eye contact when yeah, I walked in. I know. I looked straight sorry. at the couch. I looked for the cat, which is who is hiding. Yeah, my cat. I'm sorry, my mom no. used to be huge about no shoes in the house, and I then she it. just was so sick and tired people not taking out their shoes 
It's the one thing I, usually I fight ask. for. No, no. I'm a fine. respectful person. <laughs> Why do you fight for it? Was your mom that way? No, it's just like the. I feel like I'm not connected to like any Asian culture at all. So like the fact that like I am a like stickler for taking your shoes off is like the one thing I have left. Yeah, like that. Are or- you gonna have to cleanse the floor? Now? <laughs> just like take sage like two inches above the ground. <laughs> it's not just- a spiritual thing. It's a hygiene <laughs> thing, Riley. Is Riley exotifying my identity by trying to make it mystic? Come in next time on my podcast, not woke beauty. Um, uh, in my defense, she did tell me she was a hippie. So yes, yeah, sage. <laughs> I know. So hippie. there's literally Palo Santo and sage behind you so so come on i'm just setting you up for um (laughs) failure (laughs) (laughs) no um no yeah so i think i don't but i'm gonna be really honest with you is i think sometimes i try to be more asian than i actually am and that's something where like you know people are like oh such a thing as performance like i sometimes really do feel like very performative in the ways i try to like prove particularly to myself that i'm ethnic right because um I mean, I, I think just, like, because people, like, can't really tell what I am sometimes that, like, I sometimes go, like, not above and beyond, but just, like, I really try to make sure people know that I'm Asian. So, like, I'm very big on, like, hospitality when people come into my house, right? Like, I always want to make sure that you're fed, that you have a drink. I didn't bring food this time purely because we're recording. I didn't want to hear munching. Well, not that I didn't want to, but I felt like you wouldn't want to hear munching. You were being polite to people listening. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, there was there was a selfless act involved. Thanks. Unless some of you guys are into ASMR, then it was a very selfish act. I denied you guys. But, um... If I get really hungry, I can just eat the cat food that's behind you. <laughs> Sorry if it smells, by the way. I don't smell it at all. Um... But no, so I sometimes feel like I really try hard to perform being Asian, and I worry about that sometimes. Like, who do I feel I need to prove this to? Like, I remember, do you remember that Google Face app where, like, yeah. it was like, what painting do you look like? The, like, oh, yeah. biggest sense of validation in the world. Like, arguably, like, so I graduated college in three years. I've, like, traveled the world. I've done a lot of really great stuff in my life. But Google reading me as an Asian person was one of the, like, highest – because it's something I worry about. Like, I'm really worried that people look at me and they don't know, like, what I am, which I – kind of just makes me sad, right? Because I don't speak Thai and because, like, I don't go to Thailand a lot or I don't have a lot of these practices. Like, that's the one thing that I'm, like, I really hope people read me as such. Mm-hmm. And then the fact that I'm not, like, a size zero and that my hair is really curly, I – yeah, it's something I really struggle with. The other day someone was asking me, they're like, oh, for graduation, are you going to get the Latina stole? I was like, actually not Latina. <laughs> and they were just like, what do you mean by that? I was like, so what that means is that I'm not Latina. I don't know how else to say this to you. Um, do you feel proud of your heritage? Oh, for sure. I, um, I actually feel a lot of pride in, this is a really weird thing. So I was on Pinterest and I was looking up like traditional like Thai outfits and just Thai imagery. And I was so excited because I realized that like, so I often don't feel Asian, but I realized it's because I don't look East Asian. Like I don't look Chinese, Korean, Chinese because Chinese, Korean, Japanese, sorry. I was like, because, oh, yeah, I'm not one of those things. I was looking at these pictures of Thai girls. I was like, oh, my God, I look like them. To be fair, these, like, pictures are, like, a lot of, like, really light-skinned Thai women. But as a mixed person, I end up being light-skinned. But it was, like, so validating to see that, like, oh, my God, I, like, actually look like these specific women. Or even just, like, 
I was going to say the advent of Chrissy Teigen as though like she was conjured up, but just having Chrissy Teigen, because Chrissy Teigen's like me. She's half Thai, half white. She's mm. Swedish, but like, so when people were like, I love Chrissy Teigen, like I'm very like, you don't love Chrissy Teigen. You don't know what it's like. And like she has in her cookbook, she has a section where it's a mixture of like Thai food and American food. It just speaks to me so deeply. I'm like, you guys don't love Chrissy Teigen. I love Chrissy Teigen. You don't know the meaning of love. No, you don't know the meaning of love. Like, you don't know, like, and... So I have in numerous places in my apartment, I don't know if you've seen, I have a bunch of little Barack Obamas. Um, and that's because like what Barack Obama means to me, this is a hot take, sorry, is that like, yeah, he was our first black president, but Barack Obama's mixed. And I love that. Like he was like, he is a successful, like mixed person who like, so the, what I have on my wall is the Ta-Nehisi Coates. Uh, my president was black, which I love. But that whole article is about how like, Barack was successful because he navigated being black and white and he played to both of his strengths because like you know like Illinois particularly is like a really diverse state so Barack knew when to be like oh hey this reminds me of something that was in my like white grandparents homes and he knew when to be black and like having someone like and that's to a certain extent that's code switching but another sense that just being completely fluent in who you are right in both sides of your identities like love that about Barack Obama love have you ever felt like you were in danger because of the way you look Never. No, 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 no. And that's a total privilege I have. Totally a privilege. I, um, I've never felt danger, but I definitely feel that, like, um, I think I'm sexualized in different ways and, like, white people are sexualized, but I think, like, uh, the different ways women are sexualized is just a huge issue. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I've never felt, yeah. So I totally have the privilege of, like, being as ethnically ambiguous as I am. At times I, like, totally feel white. So, and that's also, like, a thing I struggle with. I don't know. Is there crossover between how you're sexualized and how it feels to be a woman in that way and how you're <laughs> treated as an ethnic person? Is there is there any crossover or are those two completely no, separate there's a lot of stuff going on, honestly. Um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. Another p- reason why... Um, I try not to date, like, dudes who aren't ethnic is because I've had numerous times where, like, white dudes have been like, oh, can you say something in an Asian language for me? I was like, yeah, this isn't, this isn't gonna, this isn't gonna work. But, um. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um. That wasn't a real laugh. That was just uncomfortable (laughs) laughter straight up. No, I feel, I mean, but, like, that's how laughter is a lot of times. Um, whatever. Um. Uh, yeah so it's like a really weird mixed thing right because like I'm not a super small Asian woman but what I've talked about with some of my other like friends who are mixed is that like that also becomes a weird space like when you're Asian with like boobs that plays into some like weird anime stuff that people are into Uh, no no like genuinely it sounds like a joke but it like genuinely is an issue right or like I have like a little bit of a butt so like real story someone was like uh you need to 23 and me this shit i don't know how you have an ass i was like me trying to just get some action men trying to ruin it for me i was like why do we do these things or like um or even having like god i hope my mom doesn't even listen to this but just even having like sexual stamina they're always like oh it's because like you know you're just like a little asian girl and like that's all you're yeah yeah just this idea that like i'm theoretically already supposed to like be good at sex and the fact that like i like if i am that like it's purely because i'm like this little ethnic mix right and that that is fucking disgusting to me yeah that is so fucking gross and i mean i like black men get the same thing too they're like oh you must mm-hmm. have a big dick oh you must be like so good in bed like the 
idea that someone can look at me and just assume they like know it's like to have sex with me is fucking disgusting and I hate that shit yeah it's violating yeah it's it's fucking disgusting Mm -hmm. um I'm only smiling because I'm uncomfortable this isn't like a genuine smile I do it all the time (laughs) it's it's kind of powerful I think when you when you can smile and you're uncomfortable you can smile because you're sad (laughs) I mean you're still smiling. Right. You know, so you're you're telling your body physiologically this is okay. Right. I'm strong enough to handle this. <laughs> this is not robbing me of right. anything, you know? So kudos to you. It's it's a good thing. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, to have an actual conversation, like do you get what I'm saying at all? Like this whole idea of like people just like sexualizing you? Like what has that been like you, for you? Even like both in your life and like as a model so just like in your own life experience now that you model um yeah it's so funny like I say I'm a model but I still don't really completely (laughs) look at myself that way I I, there's a term called noddle not a model but you still (laughs) model because you know I'm not I don't know I mean I know that that it's changed the landscape but um yeah I don't know I just don't look at myself I guess like traditionally as such mm-hmm. even though I do that does that make sense you know I totally hear um, you so I don't know how much that affects affects me and the way that I'm viewed except for that for me it does feel like when I quote unquote model mm-hmm. I'm taking it back right okay and so I've had my cheek grabbed and been called cafe au lait. You're so cafe au lait. That's like, that's a good thing, you know? <laughs> um, I've been told I'm beautiful because I have white features. Um, I've been called uh, Foxy Cleopatra and <laughs> Tina Turner and Wait, Foxy um, the Cleopatra, Spice Girl. as in that Beyonce uh, from yeah, Austin Austin Powers, Powers, yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, Rihanna, you know, all of these very sexualized famous people yeah. who I don't think I look much like. No. Um, you know... Zendaya like what um beautiful all beautiful people but no (laughs) which is terrible like having those compliments being like I know that you're trying to tell me that I'm good looking but you don't have the language to do it right like Rihanna is one of the most beautiful people on earth and like you look nothing like Rihanna and you're still beautiful but I wouldn't you know what I'm saying thank you and yes I agree yeah Um, yeah so there's that and then there's you know I I have felt that there's this um I'm er- I'm erotic, you know. I'm I'm erotic yeah. and exotic, you yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> all the all the otics. Yeah. And I'll never forget my mom telling my sister and me when we were little. She gave us this whole story about this white man who goes to Hawaii with his family. No, with his wife. Sorry, they're on their honeymoon, mm-hmm. and they're having a great time. And he goes out for a run, and on his run, he sees this beautiful Hawaiian woman, mm-hmm. and she's walking toward the ocean and she's swaying her hips and he's just mesmerized by her mm-hmm. and they end up having this like affair and he's like so you know enamored with her mm-hmm. and he tells her he loves her and she's like oh my gosh this is the love of my life like this is like gonna gonna be forever right and he goes back to his wife and they leave <laughs> <laughs> yes my mom, oh my god my mom was like you know, I mean, okay, this is a very... My, also, my mom, you? My mom are you? Well, my mom listens to this, she's going to be like, okay, that wasn't the story at all. Like, sometimes <laughs> I misremember things or, like, I interpret them. And but then no, it's... you took the main, like, pa- fact of that story. Yeah. Yeah. So the main the main fact, and maybe I've completely translated it into my adult life, you know I what I mean? This. But um, the main, the, the whole, like, lesson, which I think was such a good lesson that a white woman told her mixed uh, by way of black children yeah yeah. um how intuitive 
basically that like you know a lot of white men mm-hmm. are going to be attracted to you because mm-hmm. you're taboo right. and you're not anything that they've ever known and so you need to be this was really the moral of the story this is what she taught us you need to be very careful and very discerning because I do not want to see you get taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. I want you to have true, real love. Mm-hmm. And I want you to know that your body's temple and it is not to be messed around with. Mm-hmm. And like I get goosebumps when I say that. That is yeah. what my mom, that is one of the biggest things my mom taught us. And now looking at our relationships, my sister's been with her boyfriend for 10 years. Mm-hmm. I've been with Jack for nine years. Yeah. And these are men who like adore us and love us and treat us like gold and <laughs> since they were teenagers you know right. what I mean um Jack was in his early 20s but he acted like a teenager <laughs> love you Jack um anyway so like I believe that it was instilled in us that we would only hang around what like cherished us and what appreciated us on a on a whole other level mm-hmm. you know what I mean and of course it was helpful that we had a great dad who set a good example but um you know, anyway, so I think that story is is really powerful and really important because um, it, it is easy to think that people, you know, really, truly love you and think you're amazing and all these things, but are they just trying to fill that role of, oh gosh, I, I need to have at least one black friend, you know? Yeah. Or are they just trying to fulfill some fantasy? Are they just like really enamored and curious Mm -hmm. you know because they've never known anything like this before right and you're so different from what they're used to very likely yeah you know and do they is that their fault maybe not Mm -hmm. probably not maybe yes some people call it dna i don't know (laughs) ghosts you know but if you go back to the beginning of time like go back to shakespeare like i've studied this shit Mm -hmm. this has always been a thing like interracial relations Um, you know, mulatto, like people have been fascinated and when they've been disgusted, they've still been obsessed, you know? Oh, for sure. Yeah. There's Freudian theory. Yeah. And then I've always gotten pissed. I don't know how you feel about this is people are like, oh, mixed babies are so beautiful. It's like, then why don't you ever say shit to me? Like I'm a mixed person. You don't think I'm pretty. Like people are enamored with the idea of mixed people, but they don't actually care about mixed people in real life. Right. Cause we don't like we don't really like we exist within and without right and people are very uncomfortable with that like we're such a like binary just like it's either yes or no it's either this or this and we've gotten better about that as a society but still a very like I think people slash society like me as like a consumable good but they don't like me as a person and that's something I struggle with mixed strong independent woman who's about to who's like 23 about to get a PhD is such a great consumable story right like I think it's such a great thing but then actually spending time with me hanging out like oh I don't really know how I can do it I love the story of that I love the idea of that but I don't actually want to engage with that I don't care about that and just yeah people love consuming stories about like people who are different than them to make it feel like via some like sense of liberalism liberalism in the like the historic sense not the like american binary sense to like you know feel like they're these like i don't know tolerant very like f- like futuristic people but it's like oh but you don't actually like live with any of that stuff mm-hmm. you know go back to your thesis what is that about and how is it relevant <laughs> to your life you know this isn't the best week to talk about it because my thesis is just my advice is reading it as we speak. So Ooh. it's rough. Um, 
I'm sure but it's incredible. It's not. Um, <laughs> it's so. It, Why not? It is. The paper, the topic is great. The paper is not because I haven't just finished writing sentences. But um, my thesis looks at. Um, so I'm trying to think about the best way to go through this. It looks like green consumption and um, black men in urban environments purely because um, being green is seen as a feminine trait. Um, by both men and women, right? They, they've done studies where when people, like, engage in green behavior, people see themselves as more feminine. Fucking crazy. Talk about what green behavior is. Oh, so um, anything – I mean, this is a problem to begin with, right? Is that, like, being green encompasses being environmentally – like, being an environmentalist, being sustainable, doing anything you can to take care of the environment. Like, it's such a broad scope. I like the word green um, – just because of my paper, I like the, like, lyricism of going between green and black and these colors that do not mean anything. Mm. But whatever. It was a purely a literary choice. But, but we wouldn't have known that. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, so ba- so green behaviors and, like, obviously the, like, people who need the change of green behaviors the most are big corporations, right? Like, they're, like, construction is actually one of the biggest polluters in America, right? But as, like, everyday citizens, one of the ways that, like, we have agency in enacting green change is through our consumption habits, Right. And so the things that we buy, the things that we like do in our home, yada 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 yada. Um, so you see that a lot. That it's a, considered really feminine, and that um, it's not for men, right? And then it's really for like white women, right? And so like, what do you do? White women in the suburbs. So what do you do when um, in urban cities, like some of the biggest minorities are African American communities? Um, because of white people and how they historically have fucked up like demographics, but who am I to say anything? Um, but you just did. <laughs> yikes. Um, so yeah, I was interested in um, how black men perceive like green consumption. Like, what do they think about it? And, um, you know, do they think it's a masculine thing? Do they not? Because we also just like, as um, in the advertising community, in the marketing community, in the like strategic communication community, we have like no research on black men. Like, I don't know, this whole, like, which just baffles my mind because, like, whatever. I have I have a lot on that. But going to my thesis, what um, I looked at is this idea of um, there's various persuasion theories you can do, but the heart of them is efficacy, right? Your belief that you can do something. And so what I looked at was, um, yeah, how um, – I never know how to say this word, like, efficacious, like, efficacious, whatever. I can spell it if I can't say it, but how much efficacy do these men feel that they have in being green? And um, we were talking to them, and they are like – I have no efficacy in being green. Being green isn't for me. Like, I'm left out. It's expensive. It's for white women. And if it's for men, they're like, the amount of times I heard flannel and, like, crunchy and, like, granola. Like, they have a very – one of my quotes is um, this boy. He's like, it's Carrie for, from accounting. It's, like, cargo shorts and, like, a beard. And I was like, so specific. But, yeah, that's, like – you know, like, that's a vision people have. And so these men are talking about how they're, like, they're not green. They're not green. They're not green. And I was like, okay, because what are green things you can do? They're like, oh, well, you have to buy this, this, and this, and this. And then we're talking about, um, and they're like, oh, then you can recycle, right? And I was like, oh, what are other things that you can do to, like, you know, reduce and reuse um, and recycle? And they're like, well, I mean, like, we don't, like, a lot of us, like, because they live in the cities, they don't have cars. A lot of them, like, you know, that joke of, like, having a plastic bag full of plastic bags, right? Of, like, hand-me-downs, of using less water, of, like, conserving electricity. And we're going through these long-ass lists of all these green things they do. I was like, everything, like, all these things that you've listed are green, but you label it as, like, frugality and as, like, resourcefulness. And, like, I swear to God, like, these men were genius. Like, they did so much of the work for me because one of them was like, oh, because we live in a capitalist society, like, frugality will never be seen as something that you want, right? Like, being 
being green is cool because you opt in, but I didn't opt into being frugal, you know? Mm. And so we were just talking about the language around that and how, like, these communities are some of the greenest communities in America, but because the language around being green is that you have to buy into it, they don't consider themselves green. And what's important about this and what a lot of my participants or contributors, particularly from Philadelphia and Houston, brought up is that when you don't see black communities and black men as green, that affects how you segregate and delegate the city, right? So like Houston, it's third ward is historically black. It's where Beyonce is from. It's being changed around now, right? And like Philadelphia, like Philadelphia, for the love of God, is fucking block by block, right? And what you see is that like resources that could have been in those communities from the day, from day one won't go in there until it starts getting gentrified with white people. And so all these contributors are like, when you don't believe black people are green and you have to wait for a white person to come in, like you're not like it's like they're upset because they're like you're telling us that you had the money but you just don't fucking like us right because you don't fucking believe that we're green and like they're like and who's gonna be impacted by like environmental like degradation first it's gonna be people of color who are in these neighborhoods aren't considered green because you know they don't fucking like buy expensive shit no they're it's crazy when you think of like reduce reuse recycle that's an order of fucking importance you're supposed to reduce first you're supposed to reuse first recycling is supposed to be one of these last things we do but because we live in this like really capitalist society recycling is the first thing because you can buy things and then you can keep on being a cute little like american consumer but like these contributors just pointing the fact that like no and like black communities and ethnic communities we do reduce and reuse first like that is what being green is and if you continue to ignore that you're gonna put fucking families and you're gonna put cities in fucking trouble and um hopefully i finish that paper oh Let's see what happens. So deep. Let's see what I happens. don't think I've ever heard of it said that way. And it just goes to show how many actions are minimized. And yeah. we really glorify. I think we really glorify what we can see. But think about growing up how much um, like communication you saw about recycling how like there's always a huge push for it. recycling's only big because there's a lot of strategic communication behind it one of my earliest memories is the blues clues reduce reuse recycle song or like what was this like recycle recycle instead of throwing away there was a lot of work done to make recycling big and that's what these participants point to is that like we need more communication about other ways to be green and particularly about like going to efficacy about ways of people ways that people are already like I hate this, but I already, like, have efficacy in being green in, right? And so, like, it's not about getting, like, people to change what it means to be green. It's, like, pointing and saying, like, oh, you are green. We want to bolster that, right? Like, we want you to see that, like, what you're doing is green, so that way you'll also have, like, a more favorable attitude to other green activities. But, yeah, a lot of it is just, like, again, like, media representation, strategic communication representation. Like, you're not seeing people talking about, like, reducing and reusing. You're only seeing talk about recycling, right? Even this whole thing with, like, <sighs> straws like yeah straws are half the problem but like the like you putting a metal straw continually in different plastic cups is still a fucking problem you know like you like sorry for that noise like yes you don't have straws anymore but you're still contributing to waste right there's just it's a lot it's a lot what are your thoughts on when people say oh no big deal on the straw because at least i recycle at home or no one's ever said that no, big no deal one's ever said that <laughs> here all the time really all the time yeah <sighs> Yeah, they they make an excuse because they make up for it somewhere else. Oh, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So part of what that's called, at least in communication theory, and just in, like, psych and communication theory, is moral licensing. It's this idea that because you do some good things, you're allowed to do other bad things. So think about, like, if you've ever worked at any nonprofit, you know that people who are who work in nonprofits are some of the meanest fucking people on earth. But it's because, like, how can I be a mean, bad person when I devote my life to this cause? 
right? Or people who are like super health, like super like active and health conscious and like do all these pro-social stuff, but they still smoke. They're like, well, I can't be a bad person. I can't be, you know, an unhealthy person because I do all this other stuff, right? So this moral licensing is also seen in like green behavior. They're like, well, like, I don't know. I, I buy outdoor voices. I, I, you know, I buy ethical clothing. How can you tell? So what? I like toss out my like Starbucks. Like I'm just like, yeah. Ah. Let's go back to um, this question came into my mind. You know how people always say one day <laughs> the whole world will look like you. I hate that. I hate that. Do you think it's true? What do you think they're saying? <sighs> to me, it's hurtful, but I'm also just a really sensitive person. So all of us take a grain of salt. It's like one day everyone will be like you and have a memory of everything and nothing. Like, at one point, everyone will be a mixture of everything, and um, there won't be any distinction. We'll all just have the same shared memories, we'll have none of the same shared memories, and it'll be great. And also, everyone will look like you because you are fucking worthless as a mixed person. I'm like, okay, dope. Like, no one, are you telling me that in the future, everyone's gonna be half Thai, half Portuguese? Is that what you're fucking telling me? You know, like, I just like, Being other is a fucking joke. I mean, it's a fun one, but like, it's still a joke. So you think they're searching for sameness? They're searching for this idea that like... I think it's not sameness. I don't know why it makes me so upset. Um, um, I just think it goes back to white guilt. Like, I think it's like... They're like, everyone will look at you, and I won't have to feel guilty about being white. Everyone will look like you, we won't have to uh, deal with identity politics. Fucking joke, when you're mixed, identity politics is half your life. When you're mixed, you make a podcast about being mixed, and you have someone sit down in their living room and talk about you. Like, I think people think that once you're mixed, your identity won't matter, but it's the fucking opposite. When you're mixed, your identity is, like, something that is constantly in conversation with yourself. I don't think people get that. I don't think people fucking get that at all. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. When, like, and when you mix, like, you hold space for all of it. In Hawaii, like, in Hawaii, there's this term called, like, hapa. Have you heard of it? Barack Obama called himself hapa, right? But it's the idea that, like, you're not, like, half and half. You're a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Even that, you're still holding space for those things that you were. And I think that's what people get confused about is that, like, when you're mixed, you're not, like, it's not like a new third thing was created. You're still a mixture of these other things. So, so it was, like, ancestry. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, again, like, even though I don't have complete fluency in, like, what it means to be um, Thai and what it means to be Portuguese, there's still things that, like, I think about a lot. And every day when I discover something about myself that I realize is a bit, like, that I realize has some roots or, like, when I do something that does have some roots, like, it's really powerful for me. So, like, be, like your identity becomes so integral to you when you're mixed, right? Because you're always having to try to prove it to people. You're always having to give a whole story, you know? You're always on, like... I don't know. You're always selling yourself. You're always trying to prove that you're like, you know, oh, this is why I am. This is why it's enough. This is why it's great. You know, when people are like, oh, I'm German. You're like, oh, I know exactly what that means. This is really loaded. But <laughs> Sorry. If, oh, you're no, a No, this question. Loaded. Yeah, don't. No, you're great. Um, if you could define what it means to be mixed, what is it? <sighs> like, in a brief synopsis, could, could we, could, could we, could you define it? Yeah, I think so. I think <laughs> I should not have said yes that enthusiastically. No, no one can define it. But if we must, there we go. Edit it so that way that goes first. Um, the 
being mixed is about figuring out every day what your portions are and what you need to play up. I feel like even though like I'm half Thai and half Portuguese or you're half black, half white, being mixed is being like, okay, even though theoretically it's half and half, some days it's 80-20, some days it's 30-70, some days it's this and this. It's about figuring out like what to put forward, what to put back, and then what it actually does look like when those things like are next to each other. It's about... Uh, and it's also about being in a way and actually reveling it kind of being really lonely in the sense that like it's even though there's other people who are going to be half black half white even though there's other people who are going to be half high half Jewish like my experience is very singular right and even though we can create community I also have to hold space that like again to this question of like what does representation look like? I will never perfectly see what I look like. And that's okay, right? But it also, like, no. I, I'm just going to end it there. It's not no but also. It's just, end of the day, it's okay to be lonely and the only one. And I think that loneliness comes a lot of, like, self-reflection, a lot of gratitude, a lot of joy. But I think you have to, like, kind of, like, sit with the fact that, like, even if you have siblings, you are still the only one of your lived experiences of knowing what it feels like to be, like, 77% some days and 80% other days, you know? Yeah. It's really dynamic. And I think, like, that's the fun and the burden of being mixed. What is your hope for representation? Yeah. And do you know? And if you don't know, how will you figure that out? I don't know for sure. Um, my... <laughs> Like very tangibly, my one goal is to, is for there to be um, stories about people who are mixed where they are not immigrants, like where they're like third or fourth generation. I'm so tired of seeing stories about like Asian Americans who their parents are immigrants. I'm like, that was my grandparents, you know, like I'm not connected to that culture. Like I want stories of like. It's small things. I don't think I need, like, big narratives of just, like, you know, and this is how I overcame the fact that blah, 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 blah. Even that's what I've been talking about, is, like, huge overarching narratives. For me, representation is small, dumb things. I want, without anyone fucking saying something, when they go into an Asian character's house, people take off their shoes and they just move on. I want when they go into, like, you know, oh, like, someone, yeah, an Asian person's house, there's, like, a hot water machine. I don't have one in my apartment because I'm poor, but, like, when I see a hot water machine in someone's house, I am at peace in the world. Like, I don't want anyone to say anything. I just want these correct cultural cues. It makes me think of, I saw on Twitter the other day, like, how you can still tell white people make stuff. It was at, it was this black girl's room, and she had a Black Lives Matter poster over her bed next to a picture of Elvis. It's like, yeah, if you know anything about anyone who's slightly down for the cause is that they wouldn't also have a fucking picture of Elvis in their room. Like, I feel like that's just one of <laughs> one it was the funniest thing i've ever seen but yeah it's just like small like fluent things like that like i feel like that's how sometimes you can tell when you're like re really fluent in other languages like when you catch the slang when someone doesn't perfectly conjugate the verb and you know what it is like i don't want people having to ex walk through representation explain like crazy rich asians has a bunch of asians and they do all these asian things are you noticing these asian things i just want it to feel natural and that we don't have to bring conversation to it but that we see it we're like yeah that's totally right Black girls should be able to have Black Lives Matter posters in the room without photos of Elvis. That is it. <laughs> okay. If I asked you to fill out a sentence, and you can add sentences on the end of the sentence, okay. that began with the words, I am, <laughs> what would you say? And you can take as much time as you need. Oh, this is supposed to be, oh, God. Um, 
I'm okay with being in flux and I'm okay with living in confusion and having other people confused, but being aware of those things, I am actively working so other people don't feel that. Thank you so much for joining us. You can connect with us on Instagram at WokeBeauty or me at Riley Blanks and learn more at WokeBeauty.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps a lot. Until next time, have a beautiful day, even if it's not that beautiful. Oh.